This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. This podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada, makers of Edge Microactive Pre Emergent Herbicide. The heartbeat of Saskatchewan is agriculture, and 620 CKRM is proud to be your source for everything ag. Welcome to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with your host, Jim Smalley. And a good afternoon. Welcome to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today, brought to you by Harvard Western Insurance. We don't judge. Here's another reminder to renew your plates today. Visit harvardwestern.com. And brought to you by Assiniboia Livestock for the most reliable and dependable way to market your livestock. Today, we have some market outlooks. We look at the latest outlook from Sask Wheat, and it was very interesting. We also have details from the Sask Oats meeting during Crop Production Week in Saskatoon and the outlook from there. We have a forecast on canola. Real Agriculture looks at agriculture technology. There's an update on the grain bag recycling program in Saskatchewan from Clean Farms. And FCC looks to support charitable organizations. The farm weather's in its usual spot at the bottom of the hour. This is Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with 620 CKRM Agri-News Director Jim Smalley. This portion of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by Johnson's Grain, helping growers contract any type of grain. Call 1-800-324-7778. The latest Sask Wheat Outlook says prices were down this past week due to thin trading and light demand, and that is in part because of the holidays. Michael Wilton with Sask Wheat says demand is expected to pick up in the coming week. Now for a look at last week's significant purchases and trades. Trade continues to be thin because of the holidays, and we don't expect fall trade to resume until next week. Tunisia bought 125,000 tons of soft wheat for February-March delivery at $366 to $370 a ton. They also bought 75,000 tons of durum at $694 to $704 a ton. Jordan bought 60,000 tons of hard wheat for August delivery at $330 a ton. There was no news on Iran and Iraq who were tendering last week. U.S. wheat exports during the holidays were just 48,600 tons. Jordan tenders Wednesday for 126,000 tons of July-August delivery wheat, along with Iran, who's tendering for an unspecified quantity. Canadian non-Durham wheat exports for shipping weeks 21 and 22 were 263.8 thousand tons for a season total of 5 million tons. This is 59% of last year's amount. Shipping week 21 to 22 exports of Canadian Durham were 13.1 thousand tons for a season total of 1.2 million tons. This is now 48% of last year's amount. Here's some of the most important news that happened in the wheat markets last week. Starting in Canada, Canada exported 919.8 thousand tons of wheat, excluding Durham, during the month of December. The largest customer during the month was Japan, who bought a large 162.9 thousand tons of wheat. 
making them the largest year-to-date customer, buying 471.4 thousand tons from August to November. China is the destination with the largest year-over-year decrease in Canadian wheat imports. They've imported just 24% of last year's amount at 230.8 thousand tons. Canada exported 221,000 tons of durum during November. This is well below the 789,000 tons exported during the same month last year. Italy was the largest customer in November, importing 76,000 tons during the month. Exports to most of the major Durham destinations are down from last year, with a notable exception being the U.S. The U.S. has imported just over two times of last year's amount at 195,000 tons. Moving on to the U.S. U.S. export sales during the holidays were very small at 48,600 tons. Trade was expecting a number around 150 to 400,000 tons. Total commitments are now just 584 million bushels, down 24% from last year, compared to the USDA's current projection of a 15% decline. Sales need to average roughly 10 million bushels per week to reach the USDA's current projection. This is unlikely, and the USDA will need to decrease their U.S. wheat export number in the upcoming USDA report. The total U.S. winter wheat area in drought rose from 53% to 65% over the holidays. Roughly half of Kansas and 90% of Oklahoma are in moderate drought. This will become increasingly as important as we head into March. U.S. hard red spring wheat for January is valued at $405 a ton in the PNW. This is down $25 from last week. Moving over to Australia. Australia continues to take a large portion of the Asian wheat demand. Much of the business China was doing with France has been switched to Australia, which benefits from a freight advantage. Australian new crop wheat is quoted at $348 a ton, which is down $7 from last week. In Argentina, harvest has just been completed. Batch raised their crop estimate by 300,000 tons to 21.8 million tons. Michael Wilton is highlighting the latest Sask Wheat Market Outlook. Back to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with Jim Smalley on 620 CKRM. This portion is brought to you by Seedmaster. No matter what you grow, Seedmaster has the ultimate seeding solutions for better crops and bigger profits. Seedmaster.ca Sask Oats held its annual general meeting yesterday with Brennan Turner, originally from Foam Lake, providing the market outlook. The drought sharply reduced Saskatchewan oat production. Usually our province grows 51% of Canadian oat production. However, this past year it was only 42%. This had a dramatic impact on oat prices starting in mid-July. What was probably most noticeable for me was the week-over-week changes were consistently between 2 to 12%. So we're talking about going from $300 a metric ton to $330 a metric ton in one week. You saw some pretty significant jumps across the prairies and even to the U.S. as you see. Um, there's obviously been a pretty significant dip here in, in Minneapolis prices with the most recent uh, kind of pullback in the futures market. But, um, you know, at the same time, you know, these are these are historic prices that we haven't we haven't seen before. Turner talks about his outlook for 2022 oat acres. Going into 2022, 
I think that you're going to see more oat acres because of the prices. It's probably going to be at the expense of crops like malt barley and hard red spring wheat, maybe a little bit of Durham, but in my conversations across the, the prairies, you know, it's an easy crop to grow, relatively speaking. And uh, especially in my area, I mean, most most producers know that kind of that 150, even I, I know guys that are two, 210, 220 bushel an acre doing some pretty big numbers. And, uh, you know, if we can kind of get back to those, those numbers, it's going to be a great rebound, but it's a function again of these, this, this moisture condition that we're, we're, or this deficit that we're seeing year over year. So I think you're going to see more acres across the board, Saskatchewan, Alberta, maybe not so much Manitoba because with corn prices and soybean prices, the way they are and canola prices, the way, the way they are, some of that oats production in, in Manitoba actually might suffer as a result. So there could be even greater dependency on what the 2022 harvest of Saskatchewan oats um, for the entire uh, Canadian production cycle going into this this next growing season. Turner's as human consumption of oats continues to rise, oat milk in particular. Some of the larger oat milk producers, they, they've kind of cracked that nut in terms of that shelf life optimization period. Um, interesting to note that after the first year of COVID, so basically, uh, March 2021 in the U.S. compared to March 20, 2020, um, oat milk was the number one. It has the largest gain in terms of grocery store retail product demand. Their their increase was up uh, almost 400% year over year. And that was more than things like Clorox wipes and hand sanitizer and all this other stuff, which is it's just incredibly telling in terms of how people are willing to kind of diversify uh, what's going into their fridges and whatnot. That's Brennan Turner, originally from Foam Lake, providing the market outlook yesterday at the Saskatchewan Oats Development Commission meeting. Time now for Real Agriculture with Sean Haney. Brought to you in part by Karst Holdings in Assiniboia and Schlamp's Integra Tire in Grenfell. Your locally owned Integra Tire dealers on The Source 620 CKRM. This is your realagriculture.com update. Bring the energy of Real Ag Radio to your next customer meeting or conference. From your stage, we'll record an episode in person to inform and provide insight on the latest in agriculture. Sean Haney here with realagriculture.com and Real Ag Radio. Joined right now by Blake Krogert. He is with Verdant Partners. You know, Blake, as we look back on 2021, was, was it a strong year for, for M&A? Yeah, and, and generally speaking, it was, Sean, and I get this report was specific to the technology segment and Verdant will follow this up with a more generalized food and ag focused M&A piece probably the next 15, 20 days. So, so be on the lookout for that as well. But I think we have observed here in the past 12 months, uh, a fairly active M&A market, certainly for the technology segment as well. There is a, a strong, you know, amount of capital available to a lot of companies, private equity, financial buyers in the space. And a lot of that is translated into active M&A markets here for the past 12 months. Now, is that consolidation happening or what, what's driving it? Yeah, there's, there's been a lot of consolidation. There's been a lot of conversation both politically and, and just in the market as a whole around consolidation and concerns over market share. Um, and I think what, what we've seen more interestingly than not this year than compared to past is consolidation happening across different segments of agriculture, which is part of what we had, had honed in on in this report here for um, the ag tech space. The traditional ag markets, and, and you can silo these across input, seed, crop protection, 
equipment manufacturers going post farm gate into processing, milling, handling, et cetera, have tended to stay within their own bounds. Um, and those independent or individual verticals are fairly consolidated. They're dominated by companies, major companies in that space that innovate, produce, market, and service that segment. Um, but maybe dissimilar in the past, this year we've seen them start to bleed over across the lines of the individual silos and compete for businesses that have a part in different segments of the value chain. And that's a lot of which has been driven by technology. Um, so it's been a, a busy year of consolidation, but I think we've started to see some different types of consolidation here in the past 12 months and even a little bit beyond that. Very, very interesting. So if there is consolidation happening in the ag tech space, it, does that at all mean that venture capital for the ag tech space is, is kind of drying up? Like, is there not new money available? So we were kind of running out of cash. That means we got to consult, you know, we got to find a partner, a dancing partner, or is, is that not a real strong connection? Yeah, great, great question. And uh, maybe a mix of both in a way. I, I don't think that venture capital is drying up for technology. Um, I, I think, you know, our cohorts at a few of the industry outlets that, that focus on that segment will show that it's been another strong year for venture capital investment um, across the tech space. And, you know, we'll probably call for continued investment to, to grow and increase in years ahead. What you've outlined though is absolutely accurate we we have observed at least in the past 10 years much of which was initiated by montano's acquisition of climate corporation a lot of investors started to pay attention to this technology space put a lot of capital into individual technology companies um, that have now for the last six seven eight even coming on 10 years been looking for opportunities to transact in some ways in this market. And, you know, venture capital has a, a lifetime on it, which has an expectation for return. So that has certainly impacted a lot of the consolidation. That's, that's driven um, several companies to push for uh, an exit through either a public offering or a acquirer. Um, much of which has been done from strategic ag, financial buyers beyond just venture capital. Um, so I don't know that we're necessarily seeing a, a slowdown in venture capital, but a lot of the consolidation has certainly been driven by the, the fund timelines from those initial venture capital groups that, that came into ag. What's your predictions on what we could see in 2022 in terms of ag tech M&A activity? We're, we're calling for another busy, busy year here in 2022. This has been your Real Agriculture Update. You can find out more about this issue or many others at realagriculture.com. It's your agri-weather forecast on The Source 620 CKRM. The official 620 CKRM farm weather is brought to you by Shepherd Realty in Regina, specializing in farm and ranch real estate in Saskatchewan. Call Harry, Justin, or Devin at 352-1866. And Moose Jaw Truck Shop, the number one choice for any diesel engine repair. Drop in, no appointment necessary, or visit moosejawtruckshop.com. Cloudy today, 2 to 4 centimeters of snow this afternoon. Risk of freezing rain. Wind southeast 30, gusting to 50. The high, minus 3. Risk of 5 to 10 centimeters of freezing drizzle overnight. Low minus 13, wind chill minus 10 tonight, and minus 22 overnight. 
Friday, cloudy, 30% chance of flurries in the morning, then partly cloudy. Risk of freezing drizzle in the morning, the high minus 11, the low minus 13. Saturday, partly cloudy, the high plus 1, the low minus 6. Sunday, partly cloudy, the high minus 3, the low minus 11. Monday, cloudy, 30% chance of flurries. The high minus 6 Monday, the low minus 14. Tuesday, partly cloudy, the high minus 14, the low minus 23. Wednesday, partly cloudy, the high minus 18. Normal high for this date is minus 11. The normal low is minus 23. The sun rose at 8.55 this morning. It sets at 5.20 tonight. And around the province, the hot spot, Maple Creek again. This is about the fourth or fifth day, I believe. It's at 5 degrees. The cold spot up north, south end at minus 28. Estevan is minus 4. Saskatoon minus 6. Swift Current 0. Weyburn minus 6. Yorkton is minus 8. Regina overcast with mist. It's minus 6. That's 20 Fahrenheit. Winds are from the southeast at 27. Humidity is 91%. The barometer falling 102.1. Cloudy and Moose Jaw minus 2. Winds are from the east, southeast at 15. Once again, Regina overcast and mist. It's minus 6. That's 20 Fahrenheit. Back in a moment. Get out to an early start on weed control in next year's canola and lentil crop using Group 3 Edge Microactive from Gowan Canada this fall. Edge Microactive, maximize yields today and manage resistance for tomorrow. Always read and follow label directions from Gowan Canada. You're listening to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with 620 CKRM Agri-News Director Jim Smalley. This portion of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by McDougal Auctioneers. Get fair market value for your assets with an online auction through McDougal Auctioneers. McDougalAuctions.com. And brought to you by Patterson Liquid Systems, experts in liquid fertilizer distribution. Fertilizer's just better when it's wetter. Patterson Liquid Systems, expect the best. Clean Farms, a non-profit farm recycling organization, says it has reached a four-year milestone in Saskatchewan. Clean Farms Executive Director Barry Friesen says the organization has reached a new number in recycling used grain bags. Since we started the program, the permanent program, we've collected 8,500 tons of uh, grain bag uh, for recycling. And uh, and things have really progressed quite a bit since that time. We've had a brand new recycling plan open up in Alberta. We've been able to manage almost all the grain bags being recycled here in Canada and very, very right to it and our neighborhood, right, neighbor right next to Saskatchewan. So we're very pleased with it. And uh, we also currently are collecting about 60% of all the grain bags that are generated every year, which is you know, tens of thousands of them have been collected and recycled now. What are the grain bags recycled into? They're recycled into a number of products, and that continues to change as well in a positive manner. Originally, most of them went into things like garbage bags, to make new garbage bags and other types of plastic bags out of it. They're going into some plastic lumber products and, and other things. And now the next step is what we call circular economy, actually making the new product out of the old product. And so there'll be new agricultural sheeting and film products that manufacturers are going to start to make. And, and the other really nice thing about this is by having this as a permanent program, it is inciting investment in, lo- in local investment and folks that want to recycle these locally, like the, the Bashaw plant in Alberta and uh, the manufacturers of new, new products uh, locally so we don't have to truck nearly as far. There's all kinds of benefits, local jobs and whatnot. So uh, we're very, very pleased with the progress. Saskatchewan is the largest user of grain bags in Canada? 
Yes, it is. I mean, it's it's our largest grains and oil seeds producer in Canada, and naturally so, the uh, they're the largest user of grain bags. They're the largest user of some of our other products, programs, such as pesticide and fertilizer containers and the like. So, yeah, it uh, they have, and, the, and to Saskatchewan's credit, they have stepped up to the plate and are participating in these programs. How does someone go about getting rid of their grain bags for recycling? What's What's the process? The process is, is that we have 45 collection sites around the province. They're located right on our on our website. Uh, you can find out the one closest to you. And the, what the farmer will do, they'll roll their grain bags, put them on a truck, and take them to one of those collection sites. We recommend that you either call ahead or look on the website to make sure that the gate is open on the, the time that you want to take them back. We have call-in number that's on our website as well if you want to learn you know, if you have difficulty navigating the site or your internet connection is not that great, our person, we, we have a permanent office out of Moose Jaw, Saskatchewan. And Tammy in that office will uh, will guide you through the process, how to roll the grain bag, where to take it back, and the hours that, that you can access the site. And it's free of charge to, to participate. So what's happening this year? Any big changes? Well, for this year, we're gearing up for a, a nice year. Last year, I know that there was a big drought in, in the western provinces and the farmers were not that happy with it. We're hoping that it's going to be an, a, a good year for farming and really the big change this year is to continue to push to get more grain bags. Currently we collect 60% of them. Where are the rest of the 40% going? Well, they don't have legs. They're not going anywhere. So what we really want farmers to do is uh, if they have stockpiles of these materials, take them back to the collection sites. We'll take them off their hands free of charge and recycle them into new products. And the other thing that's happening is we don't just collect grain bags. We uh, we have a pilot program to collect twine in certain areas. We are running a, another year of pilots to collect seed and pesticide bags in addition to our container, pesticide and fertilizer containers, small and large program. And uh, next year, we hope that we'll have a permanent program for seed and pesticide bags as well. So it continues to change. We continue to evolve. And our goal ultimately is to offer solutions to farmers so that it's convenient and easy for them to participate in to, to protect the environment. And as I've said before, Saskatchewan farmers are among the best in the world in participating in these programs and doing the right thing for the environment. That's Clean Farms Executive Director, Barry Friesen. You're tuned to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today on The Source, 620 CKRM. This segment of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by Degelman Industries. Look to Degelman for the most reliable, dependable, engineered tough equipment on the market. And Arcola Building Supplies, small town lumberyard, big on service. ArcolaBuildingSupplies.com. A market analyst says growers should seriously consider selling if they have any old crop canola remaining, as well as contracting a price on a portion of the 2022 crop. Marlena Borsch with Mercantile Consulting Venture says old crop prices are well over $20 a bushel and close to $18 for new crop. In terms of targets, current crop 2350 to 24 for farm has been achievable depending on your location. And certainly the crushed plants have been paying very good prices. New crop also $17.5 to $18 a bushel for farm seem to be a pretty good sale to us. So these are some very, very reasonable targets and certainly for new crop, 
depending what you think about the moisture situation and so on, uh, might be a very reasonable starting point for the coming year. 3.1 million tons of canola was crushed between August and November, 11% below last year. Year-to-date canola exports are down 44% from the previous year. Borsch pegged the drought-reduced 2021 canola crop at 13.4 million tonnes. Her projection for the coming year is 20.9 million tonnes, based on average yields and a 7% increase in seeded area. However, many are penciling in lower-than-average yields due to the so-called yield hangover following a drought year. There's a new chair of the Saskatchewan Canola Development Commission. Following the annual general meeting, directors selected Charlene Bradley as chair. Bradley is serving her second term on the SAS Canola Board and is also the current chair of the Canola Council of Canada. Bradley and her family operate a grain farm near Stranraer, about 160 kilometres southwest of Saskatoon. Keith Fournier from Lone Rock, south of Lloydminster, is the new SAS Canola Vice Chair. Outgoing Chair Bernie McLean from Glassland will serve as Audit and Finance Committee Chair. The Market Update with Jim Smalley on The Source, 620 CKRM. Market Update is brought to you by Nelson GM in Assiniboia and Avonlea. With new inventory arriving daily, they'll find a vehicle that fits your agriculture lifestyle. Proudly serving southern Saskatchewan for over 60 years. See Nelson GM today. Grain prices were reflecting downward movement in early trading today. Viterra prices for canola fell $21 at 9.53.32. Lentils dropped $14 at 9.72.50. Number one red spring wheat went down 2.22 at 4.12.51. The rest were unchanged. Durham 7.26.11. Feed barley 3.83.64. Flax 14.70.59. Oats 4.71.53. Yellow peas 632.89 and feed wheat 261.65. At Minneapolis, March spring wheat fell 14 and a quarter cents at 906 and a quarter cents a bushel. It's the livestock reports on the Source 620 CKRM. The livestock quotes are brought to you by the Weyburn Livestock Exchange. Call Weyburn 842-4574. Now the latest livestock quotes. Hello, Calvin Junior for Heartland Livestock Services, Yorkton, with your market report for the week of January the 12th. We had a big run on offer here this week with 2,885 in the pre-sort, 300,000 bulls for a total of 3,185 for the week. On the feeder market this week, it was up and down on the steer trade, and the heifers were five to ten higher. Here are a few highlights. Buckskin steers, 500 pounds at 245, 650 weights at 233, and their 780 pound big brothers at 204. On 500 pound block steers, 246.50, 640 weight blocks at 216 and a quarter, 785 pound block steers at $1.95. On the red X steers, 510 pounds at 243.75, 645 weights at 229, and 790 pound steers at a buck 95. On the heifer trade this week, we saw them up five to ten. Buckskin heifers four ninety at two twelve, five sixty six weights at a dollar ninety five. The seven hundred eighty pound buckskin heifers at a buck eighty two. Black heifers five hundred pounds at two oh one, five seventy at a dollar ninety two. And the seven hundred eighty pound black heifers at a buck eighty. On the red X heifers five hundred pounds at two oh three, and the five sixty five weights at a dollar ninety four fifty. On the column bull trade this week, we saw two hundred thirty four cows average sixty nine and a quarter. D1, D2 cows, 70 to 76 with sales to 78. D3 cows, 60 to 68. Your light shelly old cows, 35 to 55. Heifer 80 to 88 with a high 90. 
on the bull trade, 25 big bulls average 94 with a high of $1.12 on a big, hard, exotic bull. Producers, Brett Cowsill, this Friday at 11 a.m., 350 cows on offer with a 60-head dispersal of Charlay cows, Brett Charlay for March calving. 120-head of these red and black Samatol cows, Brett Samatol for April 1st calving. Also, a 30-head dispersal of Samatol cows, Brett Samatol for March calving, plus many more cows on offer. Also, producers, we are still running pre-start sales every Wednesday for the rest of the winter and spring. These sales are filling up fast as we're only accepting 2,600 head for each sale. So please call early to get them booked, and all cattle must be booked for these sales. Once again, this is the Junior for Heartland York, and thank you, and have a great day. And now the latest Saskatchewan pork prices. Ham sold 7,000 hogs Wednesday, selling in a range of 173 to 185 per CKG. Today's sales are expected to be around 6,100 head, selling in a range of 171 to 182 per CKG. Ham's cash hog price today is down, and four contract prices opened lower this morning. On Wednesday, the Canadian dollar was up 61 basis points, with the daily exchange rate at 1.2510. The Canadian dollar is currently trading 80.04 cents U.S. Daily U.S. cash prices softened in all regions, with Western Corn Belt down 87 cents, and both national variants 31 cents U.S. 100 weight lower relative to the previous day. While the daily net value of the cutout improved $2.84 compared to the previous day, the cumulative average so far this week remains $2.40 lower than the previous week's benchmark. Hams led the primals yesterday and were up $9.40, but pressure from heavy hams has been weighing on the cut, and the net value of the primal remains $13.83 lower than a week ago so far in the reporting period. This morning's Hercules Export Sales Report is starting 2022 off less aggressively than the previous two years. Physical deliveries net all regions for week ending January 6th came in at 20,507 metric tons, 31.6% lower than last year, and 30.9% lower than 2020. New net sales commitments came in at 19,800 metric tons and are likewise lower than prior year benchmarks so far. Physical deliveries to Mexico, while lower than the recent trend, remains impressive and were at record highs last week at 10,371 metric tons, while new net sales were also outperforming commitments seen in recent years at 10,062 metric tons. China, however, has notably backed off. Physical deliveries came in at 2,831 metric tons and are more closely approximating traditional volumes to the region that were seen prior to the ASF-influenced buying spree. Coming up, the Resource Report. This is the Saskatchewan Resource Report on 620 CKRM. Here's Jim Smalley. Now the Resource Report, brought to you by Second Look Online Auction. Visit 2ndlookonlineauction.com to see what's up for bid. A researcher with the University of Saskatchewan has been awarded half a million dollars to support work in the development of radioactive pharmaceuticals to treat disease. Assistant chemistry professor Eric Price has built a new research lab looking at radiopharmaceuticals. This chemically diverse class of drugs harnesses the power of nuclear atoms to aid in early disease detection and treatment for cancer, brain disorders and infectious diseases. A major focus of the Price Lab is attaching radioactive metal atoms to peptides and antibodies to enable targeted delivery of radioactivity to diseased tissue. Price says radiopharmaceuticals are helping to usher in a new era of personal medicine with treatment tailored to an individual's unique biology. He says many in the scientific community believe that radiopharmaceuticals are the future of cancer care and that soon most cancers will be treated by these smart nuclear drugs. Efforts are also underway to improve these products to raise effectiveness and reduce side effects. 
On the markets, the TSX is down 41 points to 21,353. The Dow has risen 12 points to 36,302. Oil has fallen 21 cents to 82.43 per barrel. The Canadian dollar is up 9 one-hundredths of a cent at 80.02 cents U.S. That's the resource report. If you missed any segment of the show, tune in to the On Demand Saskatchewan Agriculture Today podcast. Brought to you by Gowan Canada. Gowan Canada understands the challenges growers face and takes pride in finding effective crop protection solutions. Visit GowanCanada.com to learn more. That's Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. I'm Jim Smalley. You've been listening to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with Jim Smalley on 620 CKRM. If you missed any of today's broadcast, download the podcast now online at 620CKRM.com. Saskatchewan Agriculture Today, following the 12 o'clock news on your voice for everything ag. 620 CKRM. This podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada. Canada, makers of Edge Microactive Pre-Emergent Herbicide.